Log Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Oh, actually, now. You're right. Actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on Chad. You know, I got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Today, Chad. Yeah, well, well, I can hear you. Hopefully, everyone else out there uh, can hear you. Um, but we are here, nevertheless. I'm sure uh, we get live viewers. Uh, we're also on Facebook Live, by the way. If you want to hop on over there, we're on Facebook Live. Uh, you can see my mug. You won't be able to see Amos face, but you'll be able to hear him. And uh, again, for the next hour, we're going to talk NFL and college football. Then, in the second hour, I'm going to have Joshua Wilson on from Florida HS Football. We are in the second round of high school football playoffs here in the state of Florida. So we're going to have Joshua Wilson on, again, from FloridaHSFootball.com to talk high school football playoffs here in the state of Florida. As always, uh, feel free to chime in on the show if you want to call in, if you're not scared. The number is 319-527-6059. Again, 319-527-6059. You can call in and uh, issue your comment. Or you ask your question, um, and again, also we're on Facebook Live, so sure you can uh, drop your comment in there as well. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Studs, um, feel free to leave the comments there. Also, Emil, uh, what's foremost on your mind? Are we going to bang on Thursday night football once again? It was another um, another doozy last night. I mean, it was competitive for a little while, but then uh, the wheels fell off. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is it even worth going there again? I mean, you and I. The listeners might be tired of it, you know. We, 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 you and I can go on all day. We could have about why Thursday night football is kind of, you know. I said pre-show, Chad and I were just chatting, and I said, you know, it's basically they throw pig slop out there on Thursday, and they figure we're going to watch it anyway, and they're probably right to a degree. So, 
if you're the NFL, you're saying, well, what's the problem for us? I mean, people tune in. We're going to keep doing it until you stop tuning in. I mean, the games, it's just not fair to the road team. I mean, there's no way what, what, what an NFL team can get ready. What, what, what are we going to consider not tuning in? I mean, you're, if there's a football game on TV, people are going to watch. At what point do we say, though, okay, no one's tuning in. We need to pull the plug on this. Well, the NFL has a bigger problem with this Thursday night thing because it's counter to what they've been putting out as their message in the last five years, trying to player safety. You know, that's been the thing, player safety. We've got we to gotta make player safer for the players because they're getting their brains knocked in. Then they turn around and they take a guy who just played a game on Sunday. And, you know, by all accounts, any person who's played in the NFL has about the same recollection of a game. It's like being in a car accident for three hours. And then you take that guy and you tell him, now I want you to go and I want you to travel on top of it and play on a Thursday night. How is that player safety? Yeah. How, how, yeah, on top of that, too, though, just for the sheer product, the pure product, it's we're just not putting something good out there. So, I don't know, I guess it's going to be up to the fans to just start tuning out, and uh, maybe maybe the point will be made. You know, Richard Sherman made his views on Thursday Night Football known, and he was backed up by several of the players on the Seattle Seahawks, who are never um, hesitant to give their opinion on things, so... Chad, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, and I was thinking about this the other night when I went to a horrible movie with my wife, which obviously going into it I didn't think would be horrible. Um, we're older than, a, you know, probably a decent chunk of our listeners are the same age. You know, we're in our 40s. I'm older than you. Uh, you remember when the movies basically, at any one time, there might have been seven movies in, say in the late 70s, 80s. You know, you'd go to the theater and a movie would be in for a couple months, right? Right. So – to some degree, you know, what's happened in the last 35 years, it's created more opportunity for people to get into movies because there's more ways to get them out there. Right. But it's created, in my mind, a lot more poor movies because obviously it doesn't take as much to get into or make a movie as it did 30, 35 years ago. So depending on where you sit at that table, you know, you might say that's a good thing or a bad thing. But what I will say is, and where I'm going with this is, as you keep watering a product down, it leaves opportunity for others. And in this case, you know, the NFL is leaving opportunity for other sports or maybe some another form of football. I don't know. Maybe, you know, what I'm trying to get at is they're, they're looking at it like I said. Oh, well, hey, we throw it out there and people watch it. And then to your point, but the product isn't good. And if the product isn't good, it leaves the opportunity in that time slot or in that in that vacuum of, of entertainment that we look for or something else to come come about. I understand that. I think isn't that the American way now at this point though? We just water down everything. Um, we just rush things out and we put more into promoting a product than actually developing the product. That's happening at almost every level. But, you know, like you said, let's not beat this dead horse. It was another Thursday night NFL blowout. Um, uh, crazy enough though, it was a road team blowing out the home team. So that was a little bit of a rarity. Uh, again, another Thursday night blowout. Oh no, that game! That game was in Pittsburgh last night, pal. Oh, was it? See, oh, it was in Pittsburgh. No, no, Steelers laid one on there. No, that was the the Titans were were at Pittsburgh last night. Absolutely makes sense. That uh, your man Mike Lur- your man Mike Lurvin had he was outside doing the pregame. I saw that, and he was his his teeth were chattering. You can tell he's from Miami. He's you know that he had his big Michael coat on. He's all bundled up, and I'm sure underneath that, you know that little 
table they have. They probably have space heaters, but that wasn't good enough for Michael. He was cold. Hey, Michael's all Florida, my friend. Okay, he might have played in Dallas, but he's all Florida, so he wasn't with for he wasn't with it on, on all that cold stuff out there. I did see, I did notice that part of it. I don't know why I said the game was in Tennessee, but nevertheless, um, yeah, I did notice where the hell it was last night. Pretty damn cold. Uh, and again, another, another blowout on Thursday night. We did talk about the CFP rankings. Uh, we talked about that earlier in the week in a little short show. I don't know if anyone was able to catch that. We didn't really broadcast that one. But it does bear repeating since this is a Football Friday show. Um, and we talked about it. One of the things we did need to discuss, and we, I said we would discuss it on today's show, you're for the 18 playoff, um, and I'm not so much in favor of that. I'll tell you why, Emil. Um, I kind of like that there is a battle to get into that four and not necessarily the eight. As I'm sitting here and looking at the top ten, which real quick is uh, Alabama, Clemson, Miami, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Auburn, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Penn State. I kind of like that you have a little bit of a controversy there, that you have maybe eight teams. I don't know if you, I don't know if we still want to include Notre Dame in that. You have about eight teams that are good enough to be in this thing, but we're only going to take and let everything unfold. Those conference championship games are going to really mean something. Um, and then a couple of these games we're going to have, especially next weekend, a rivalry weekend, are going to really, really mean something. I think the picture, Emil, is going to be a lot clearer for that Final Four after next week, and certainly after the conference championship. Chad, I'm not arguing your point. I mean, I get where you're going with that, and it's a, it's a valid point. All I'm saying is I think you'd have the same result anyway, uh, because you'd still have it in an eight-team format. First of all, you'd have some common sense. If, you, if you're going to have five conferences, which are power conferences, winning them should, should get you into something. Otherwise, And it makes the conference more valuable. Those conference championship games become really valuable, and you still have a chance to correct any wrongs with three at large. That's the only reason I say if there's five conferences. Now, if they somehow did what you said years ago, and you took some time, and I always encourage people. Chad did a really nice job two or three years ago laying out a way to really get four super conferences. Yeah, and I'm patting that, myself back here for the live viewers. Yeah, no, you should pat yourself. It was a good job you did. You put thought to it. It was geographic. It made sense. You kept most of the rivalries. And, and let's be honest, I mean, no offense to anyone out there, um, Florida Atlantic's having a nice season. Uh, they're not winning a playoff. Okay, so – Maybe you create a subdivision of Division One that says, "Here's you know the the you know almost like the B League in soccer for those who follow soccer. You got you know you got your Champions League and you try to get into that. The best teams try to get into the Champions League. Um, but Chad did a good job. And if you got to four, I'm fine with four then because you're you win that conference you're in, and that would be simple. But at this point with five, I say let them all let the five champions in and then if you if you have a, an outlier say central florida runs the table looks phenomenal doing it and you want to give them a shot you got your three at large and it allows for more of those september games that i know you love chad and i love and most fans love because you would get more of these intersectional uh you know usc texas like this year uh whatever georgia notre dame you'd get more of those and isn't college football though always it's always been about controversy. And when I say college football, I'm talking about at the highest level. It's not always been about controversy, and you're just going to get that. Um, who else, other than major college football, would have five power conferences and only two? <laughs> That's college football for you. It, you know, college football is where you have a Big Ten 
with 12 <laughs> teams in it or whatever, however many teams. It certainly isn't 10. And then you got a Big 12 with 10 teams in it. It's college football. Um, and they've just always thrived on controversy. So we're going to have the controversy again. Um, I think Miami did everyone a favor by uh, beating up on Notre Dame last week. Because you, can you imagine uh, Notre Dame oh. was not involved in a conference championship game, was in prime position to be in that top four. Think about all of the mayhem that would have caused. Um, I agree with you, and the controversy is one of the things that always keeps the sport in the public eye, and and that's a good thing. But I don't know if the sport needs it as much anymore. The college football can really, I in my mind, stand on its own. Like it's 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 becoming a primary source of of football for a lot of what what I'll call football fans. I mean, it's you know the numbers might not show it because the NFL will always have fantasy football, and fantasy will inflate the fan base. We've talked about that on other shows. But I think a lot of fans have really shifted their focus to following college football, and the playoffs helped it a lot, even if it's imperfect. As you pointed out, all the good points of it, I think it's really helped a lot. So I don't know if it needs the controversy. I think if it just made a a, a simple system which kept the regular season still the greatest regular season is college football. The game is the most. Maybe or maybe not, but right now it's not broken. Everyone's saying the college football product is better than the NFL product, and right now it has controversy. So leave the controversy. Just responding to sure. some of my live viewers who are talking about the microphone. I don't know if you can see the live feed, Abel. Uh, but Larry Bluestein says, my microphone looks like the 1950s. So, yes, go ahead. Think of me as uh, you know, Nat King Cole right now. You know, I pressed my hair down, but, yeah, I like the big microphone. You know what's funny is the live feed through my phone um, does not look the same when it comes out as the video on there. So I remember last week the microphone was was a really big part of well, it. Most of the screen. But, uh, Larry, if I'm not mistaken, Larry's a, uh, a USC fan as well, isn't he? Um, you know what? I'm not sure. If Larry's still listening and watching, please confirm that. Are you a USC fan? Now, Larry's our resident high school football encyclopedia down here. He's been doing. I think he stuff. is, and that would be a very astute observation from from a USC fan because that does look 1950s. Although it's pretty cool. Yes, the microphone. Yes, uh, it, it is indeed very cool. I need to get like a, one of those screens for it, then I'll be, you know, I'll really be doing something big time. Nevertheless, my friend, uh, the college football rankings. We talked about it, but let's bring it up again. Our top four: Alabama, Clemson. Miami, Oklahoma. You have a problem with any of that there, Amy? Hard to have a – at this point, hard to have a problem with it. I said on the – you and I did a little 15-minute quick show on this Wednesday. Uh, my, we're going to get Miami Clemson. So anybody that's, you know, bemoaning the fact that an undefeated Wisconsin is on the outside looking in, if they win out, they're going to be in the playoffs. So that will correct itself. To your point, these things do correct themselves. Uh, Miami and Clemson will have an elimination game in the ACC title game. So I'm fine with it right now. How do you feel about it? And I know you've heard the talk, I certainly have, that Ohio State has a chance to get back into this thing. Ohio State at number nine. There's some things that need to happen. Obviously, they need to win all of their football games. Um, And I forget exactly what the scenario is. I think it also involves Oklahoma winning out. There's a chance for Ohio State to get back into this thing. Emil, how would you feel if Ohio State made its way into the college football? Well, this goes to what you used to say on, on a show. You used to say, well, forget what we'd be talking about something in college football. You'd always say, I want to talk about what we know, not what we think. Um, and that's my problem with Ohio State. I think they get ranked. I don't know if that was me. 
No, you said that. You said you we were we were talking about something, and you, you kept it on point. You said let's talk about what we do know, not what we we think we know. And that's kind of what I think with Ohio State. They get ranked on what we think we know. I mean, we look at their roster, we look at the, what they can do on any given Saturday, and we say, "My Lord, that's one of the most talented teams in the country." And you're not wrong saying that. You're you're not wrong saying that. But what we do know is they they often don't play like that. And it's not like their their bad loss this year was to a really good team where we could say, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, they they played Alabama and they lost by 35." I mean, they got beat by 30 some points at Iowa. Now, Iowa is a nice football team. Make no mistake. I'm not. How about this? Do you believe in Ohio State in in a in a big game? Let's just say that against Iowa, uh, they weren't up for that contest, but. Does the committee, does college football, do the fans get rewarded by putting a team like Ohio State into the playoff because you know in the big-time game Ohio State's going to show up and look like a team that belongs? Am I wrong uh, in saying that? Yeah, well, I think in the last couple of years you're wrong, and where I'm going to tell you where I disagree with that, I think up front they can play with, with, with anybody. That said, if you're playing a Clemson or, or say, an Alabama, you're going to have a hard time just lining up most teams and saying we're going to run the ball down your throat for 300 yards and control this game. At some point, you're going to need to to move the football through the air even to be able to run the ball, okay? I watched, you know, which is why I'm still astonished how they came back against Penn State because I watched Barrett throw that football, and it almost looks like he's guiding it and shot-putting it to guys. It so reminds me a little bit of a Terrell Pryor that I, I don't know against a great defense if he can just get back in the pocket and sling the football in the tight windows. And that showed last year. I mean, I'm not going to hold last year against them necessarily, but we saw what happened when they put them in the playoff against the Clemson team that had that type of defense. They didn't score. I mean, not only did they get blown out, they got shut out. Yeah, no, um, you're right. Okay, I, I guess we want to hold that against them. But, but, you know, I heard that bit of an argument um, that – you know, you got rewarded several years ago when you brought in an Ohio State. And they ended up winning the whole deal, and they kind of snuck in. If you if you uh, remember uh, that year, that they they snuck in, kind of backdoored their way into the college football playoff, and it turned into um, a win for them. So yeah, they were a one-loss team though, and they backdoored their way in. I mean, let's you know, again, we every year in this regular season we tend to rank these teams based on what we think in these conferences. And I've, I've, I've cautioned people locally. I'm in a Big Ten area with Penn State. Let's be careful with the Big Ten. I think it's a very top-heavy conference. The last two years, the Big Ten champion has failed to score. I said failed to score, not win. They didn't score in the college football playoff. Michigan State was shut out. Ohio State was shut out. The yeah, Big Ten, I know you don't always go by this. Last year, the Big Ten went 4-8 and eight in their bowl games, okay? So I'm always hesitant with that whole Big Ten. Why, why has everyone shifted to the Big Ten as this big, maybe the, the best conference in college football? Where's that coming from? Is it because of Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh? Coaching. The, the big-time coaches are there. you got Meyer and Harbaugh. They're big personalities. They're guys that we want to follow. They're a good press conference, especially Harbaugh. And – Bowl games last year. They lost all every big team in that conference last year. 
uh, save Wisconsin, who, by the way, won the Cotton Bowl by eight points over Western Michigan. Every other big team got beat. Penn State lost to the Pac-12 runner-up USC. Ohio State, as I said, got shut out. And Michigan lost to Florida State. Every big team in that conference lost their bowl game last year. Did indeed do that. Again, if you want to join us on the show today on Blog Talk Radio, you want to call in with a question or comment. The number is 319-527-6059. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, do kindly share this to your page. Share it so uh, we can get um, everyone who's supposed to watch us on here today. I do appreciate you guys checking in. And, yes, Daniel Luque, the show today is not is not sponsored by Springfield Cream Soda. But if you do head out west, I would appreciate you bringing your boy back. Cream sodas. Oh, I love them so much. All right. Is that um, is that your drink of choice, cream soda? You know, I haven't drunk one in a while. I remember drinking it as a kid, and sometimes stuff you liked as a kid is not so great when you come back and taste it as an adult. I do. I have given a story about uh, I loved Chef Boyardee, whether it was SpaghettiOs or ravioli or any of that old stuff. Loved it when I was a kid. Tried it as an adult. I couldn't spit that thing far enough across the room. So. I'm imagining you know, you know, it's funny you say that. A couple of years ago, you know those big orange uh, marshmallow popcorn peanuts you get? They're like candy. Good Lord, the, no. That couldn't have been like They look like peanuts. They're marshmallows. They're orange. They, they're in a bag. They're candy. Well, when I was a kid, we used to eat them. They're all sugar. So a couple of years ago, I'm walking through a grocery store, and I see a bag of them. And, you know, my childhood comes back, and I grab a bag of these marshmallow candy peanut things. And I take them home. I ate like three or four of them. I, I thought I was going to be sick. It was it was Real. bad. Oh, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, some things need to stay in your childhood, like Fun Dip, Big League Chew. Just remember them for what they were, not what they are now. So just kind of leave it there. Hey, back on these rankings, though. Clemson is two. Miami is three. Clemson, nine and one, lost to Syracuse. Miami's undefeated. What's the deal there? Again, I think it's a case of the committee giving somebody some some credit for their last few seasons. I mean, Clemson's been to that championship game two years in a row. They took Alabama to the mat two years ago and lost, and then they won it last year in the last seconds. I think they're giving them the benefit of the doubt. And Miami played great the last two weeks, but they had a, they had their struggles in the center there, close games with some teams that we know they're a lot better than. So. It might just be a case of that. I don't think they're they're focused so much on that either because, again, I think they know that, hey, we could put them 3-2, three, 2-3. Two, two, three, it doesn't matter. They're going to play each other. Two things, though, on that uh, that bother me, and Kane fans won't particularly care for what I'm about to say. But, number one, if we're making an excuse for Clemson, yes, they lost to Syracuse. They did also lose their quarterback fairly early in that game. And who's to say that, well, you know, if he was healthy, um, that they wouldn't have been able to come back and just it, – it would have been one of those games where – the team played bad. Um, you didn't show up prepared, but you were better, and you ended up winning. That's number one. Number two is, um, and sitting in, the, in Hard Rock Stadium last week, it just really occurred to me sitting there that, man, do you know how much better you have to be than a team to come into their stadium and win at night, especially at Miami when the people there are feeling it? You have to be so much better. And, you know, the two big wins for Miami this year, people are saying, Happen at home. Let's see them win a big road game. I did notice this Amel sitting in there. It felt good. It felt like the old times for three quarters. But in that fourth quarter, the stadium started emptying out, Amel, uh, when, when the game was well in hand. And my thought was this. 
you know, a lot of these people just showed up for the party. You know, us folks down here in South Florida love a good time, love the party. So when the party was over uh, and the and it just wasn't as exciting and thrilling anymore because, you know, Miami was dragging Notre Dame up and down the field, um, a fairly good portion of people left out of the stadium. What you were left with were poor fans. So that kind of bothers me is right now there's a lot of bandwagon with Miami. Well, correctly back in the day we may not have had that so much it may have been can i, can I tackle can i tackle this you like the way i did that football show tackle this so let me let me hit, hit your points here in a couple you, you're you're you can't blame miami because the big games they've had have been at home i mean that's not their fault they played their schedule and they did what they're supposed to do as a matter of fact as you said they they drug notre dame and virginia tech for the most part up and down the field which is what they should have did and they did i mean i'm not going to hold that against them i'd like to see them win a big road game sure but I mean they're they're having a great season so let's not hold that against them And as far as the crowd goes you know this you and I've talked about this Miami and my team in Los Angeles two schools that are kind of unique private schools in big entertainment hubs you're going to get that you're always going to have the hangers on you're going to have the Jack Nicholson's out in LA showing up for a big game of some sort you're going to have A-Rod down in Miami showing up for the Hurricanes when they're good that's just the nature of the beast when you're in cities like that but I thought the crowd was outstanding on Saturday night I wasn't there like you obviously but I thought it was great yeah I mean I was there in person to feel it the electricity um, I don't know that Hard Rock Stadium has ever felt like that, at least for a University of Miami football game. I can't speak for the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins have had some playoff games um, there, and, you know, I haven't been to many of them, so I don't know. But I know so far as a University of Miami football game, uh, I think anyone who's been going to University of Miami games since they've moved to Hard Rock Stadium, I don't think it's ever been quite like that. So on that, you have to be very, very happy. I don't think it really matters, though, Amel, that Clemson is two and Miami is three because they're going to play anyway. It's just going to happen. Right. They're going to, they're going to play. And as far as Miami goes, the only thing is I wish I've no, I was never in the orange bowl, but I, I suspect you played there and you've been to this other stadium. And I suspect that the feeling might be similar. It's kind of the way I feel the first time when I got into the Coliseum out in LA, I don't ever want them to leave that place. To me, there's something about that. And I suspect the orange bowl was the same way. And I think it's hard to replicate that when you get to a nice new stadium like a Hard Rock Stadium. Am I wrong? Um, it is difficult. You know, not that I've had a ton of experience with it. It's only really happened one time. You know, and I'm a person like many down here that uh, never wanted the Orange Bowl to end, but it did. So it, it is difficult. The location's different. It's further north. It's further away from campus. But you know what? The team's doing well. People showed up, and they showed up big time in the game on Saturday night. So if that can continue... Um, then that's going to be a really, really great thing for the Canes. When you sit here and look at this top four, though, Abel, I mean, we can also be assured that this is not going to be the four teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Plain and simple. No, you know you know what I'm starting to wonder, and, you know, and this is where I struggle with this. The committee loves Alabama. We know that. I mean, they're going to give them a lot of credit for their history the last 10 years under Saban. Yes. What if Alabama loses to Auburn? Which I don't and, think is going yes. Are they going to put them in the playoff? Alabama loses to Auburn. So they do in Ohio State this year. They don't even win their division like Ohio State last year. Auburn wins the division, goes on 
win or lose, I mean, let's say Georgia beats Auburn, okay, because they played already, Georgia wins. Well, Georgia should be in then at that point because their only loss would have been to Auburn and they would have avenged it. Are they going to put Alabama in? I think the question boils down to how does Alabama lose the game? Because let's look at it. Clemson and Miami is going to play. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. So now Alabama, if they lost, would be up against the loser of that Clemson-Miami game, possibly for that final spot. Let's say Oklahoma wins. So it's Clemson. Let's say, let's say for argument's sake, since they're higher, ranked higher, Clemson beats Miami. So now Clemson's number one. Oklahoma wins the Big, the, the big 12. Um, they're number mm-hmm. two. Um, and let's say Wisconsin wins out, and they're now number three. Now Alabama is battling a Miami for that fourth spot. Is Alabama no, no. Better? Auburn, Georgia winner is going to be in at that point. I mean, oh, how are you going to keep? Yeah. That is very, I, mean, I can't see a situation where you would, Alabama can't get into this. What would be the scenario in which well, they would make I mean, I just – I wonder sometimes because it's like these guys, again – I go back to they. it seems that we get a lot of this, we think we know something. I mean, my argument against college football doing that has always been you really don't, you can't say it like the NFL. The NFL has 32 teams. Basically, everybody's playing some facsimile of a schedule that crosses back and forth where you can kind of judge the teams. And you don't need to judge the teams because they make the playoffs. In college football, it seems like people want to say this conference is better than that one, but you really don't know till they start playing one another. Because most of the the teams schedule cupcakes in the in the in their non-conference games, and then they go play their conference, and the media hype takes off, and we start believing that this conference definitely is the best conference. And then when they start playing each other in bowl games, we find out, ah, eh, not really. Yeah, but everyone's down on the SEC this year. So if there is ever a time where you know you definitely kick out one of the also-rans in the SEC, I think it would be this year, unless the committee thinks differently than the public at large or, you know, whatever the media is trying to push. Half of what I think is this pushback against the SEC is also a pushback against ESPN, who is, for lack of a better term, in cahoots with the SEC because they're on the SEC network. Do you, do you, do you share that opinion? Well, there's some pushback, and I also think if you're going to have a pl- – again, I go back to we're having a playoff, right? So the SEC had their own playoff, and they have a champion. Why do I need a second team from that conference in my playoff? If the one team – let's say Auburn wins the SEC. They beat Alabama. They beat Georgia twice. They win the SEC. Well, clearly they've shown themselves to be the best team in the SEC for 2017. I don't need Alabama to play them again. I mean – so if I'm yeah, creating I'm a saying, I, don't think, I don't envision a scenario where Alabama could lose to Auburn and still be in the playoffs. That would be that would Well, be I don't either, but Chad, there's been a lot of things I haven't envisioned in sports over the years where I've been dead wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't see that. I don't know if anyone uh, listening to the show or following us on Facebook Live can see any scenario. What do you fans out there think? Is there any scenario in which Alabama could lose to Auburn and still end up in the college football playoff. That would well, be I'll give good. you one. I'll give you one real easy. Okay, Auburn beats Alabama 20-17, to 17, something like that, close game. Okay. Auburn goes, waxes Georgia again. So now it's clear that Auburn, in everybody's mind, is a really good team. Clemson's yeah. in. They beat Miami, let's say. Now Clemson's beaten Auburn. So we, now we conclude that two really good teams are in. Oklahoma's in. Wisconsin loses the conference championship game to Ohio State, which isn't hard to envision, or whoever's on the other side. 
And we're sitting there, and we go, oh, I guess we'll take Alabama. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that again? Oh, yeah, so, I, mean, I, could, I picture a bunch of middle-aged guys sitting around a table going, oh, who's the fourth team? Uh, let's put Saban in. If anyone ever takes any secret video of that CFP college football committee meeting and um, sees any kind of rock, paper, scissors, or point flipping going on there, I think the collective public will lose Is that that far-fetched? I just eliminated Miami. That's simple. Notre Dame lost to Miami, so they're not going to hop them. Uh, Ohio State's got two losses, and the committee sit there and go, well, you know, we already saw Oklahoma go to Ohio State and beat them. Let's give Saban a shot. He only lost one game by a field goal. Emil, if you could see my face right now, um, I'm looking like, damn it, that could happen. Sure, it could happen, and you know it could happen. And and I don't think it's fair, and the reason I don't think it's fair. Hey, 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 you, yeah, before you go into that tangent, who should be in that, in that scenario? Well, but let me finish. You've always said this, okay? It's very hard to beat a good team a second time. So right. you've made Auburn beat Alabama once. And now you say to Auburn, your reward here is you can probably have to beat them again if you want to win this. Mm-hmm. So give me your four in that scenario. I'm that's, that's my problem. I mean, again, it, it becomes structure. I mean, hey, the structure of this. about what could happen. I need your four under this scenario, this disaster scenario that you laid out. For, for myself and the viewers, our lovely viewers at home, I need your college football playoff top four off of that disaster scenario. Un- unfortunately, uh, based on that disaster, okay, what I would probably have to say, yes, and I hate to do this, is in that disaster, I would probably have to put in a 12-2 and Ohio State team or an 11-2 and Ohio State team, whatever their final record is, because they would have beaten an undefeated Wisconsin team, and I've already seen – Auburn, in my scenario, beat Alabama. I don't want to see it again. A few years ago, if you remember, Alabama was clearly the best team, but they lost oh, one game to LSU, did you not? and they made LSU beat them again, and LSU you, couldn't do it. not so much in favor when I brought this up roughly 10 to 11 minutes ago about Ohio State coming back into this thing. You didn't sound like you were all that good with that. You just put I'm back not, in. but I'm not in. But again, I'm not in favor. I'm not in favor of 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 just taking a team that doesn't win their division inside, you know, inside their own conference, losing to a team that's in the playoff, and then saying to the team who did their job, won the conference, beat that team, and say, well, now do it again. Go ahead, do it again. A few weeks later, by the way, do it again. Yeah, I think we might be headed for a little bit of a mess on our hands. But again, this college football really just thrives on, um, on they just thrive on controversy and disaster scenarios. We need to jump into our first break, though. We got to talk about these games this week. Not quite as good a slate as last week, but uh, nevertheless a slate. So we need to talk about them, and we're going to do that next when we get back here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. 
Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Now I'm out here looking like revenge Feeling like a 10, the best I ever been And yeah, I know how bad it might hurt to see me like We're back on the Great Irish Fest Show and we're ferocious I don't know if Emil or I want to eat anyone's children But we're back and we're strong here College football was the talk in the last segment It's the talk here again um, because there's just so much going on. But nevertheless, we've got some games going on this weekend. Emil, have you taken in any of these MAC games? Uh, I, I flipped through them. You know, believe it or not, maybe maybe it's just they're becoming nostalgic now that they've taken over Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays for the last decade. Uh, you get to know the teams a little bit. I watch them a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and watch a whole MAC game, no. But, you know, I saw a little the Akron-Ohio game the other night. It's a pretty good game. I mean, I, it's going to decide probably one half of that conference. Uh, but, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a huge Mac fan. You sounded like Sessions on Senate Hill right now when he was getting uh, interviewed about about, uh, <laughs> about um, their, them investigating uh, organizations like Black Lives Matter. That was, um, <laughs> oh, man. That's, I don't know if I can be insulted more by a friend. I sound like him today, huh? Oh man, yeah. I, I mean, I'd I'd uh, I'd love to say I did. I did miss the oh, the the Ohio Akron game. Uh, wanted to watch that one. You know what? Down here in South Florida, we do tend to send a lot of our players up there um, to the MAC conferences, and, and and they've done quite well. We've got several guys on Northern Illinois. We've got a quarterback at, at Akron doing some really really great things. MAC football guys, get behind it. Why? Because it's on on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Middle of the week. Football. Yeah, and you're laughing. That Northern Illinois Western Michigan game, they're two pretty good MAC programs. I mean, Western Michigan was, you know, in the Cotton Bowl last year. Northern Illinois has been been good the last, you know, for much of the last decade. That was a decent game. Hey, well, uh, just a real quick aside before we really get into the to the college football here. How much do you think stuff like uh, Netflix has uh, killed some of the viewing? 
You know, well, you get a, I mean, you, you, you're a binge watcher. My wife and I are binge watchers. Yeah. We get on a series and we can't stop watching it. That's been me too, man. I, I, I have to admit, I have to admit, I've been into a binge watching a show and have skipped some games because I need to see the next episode of whatever it is I was watching, Stranger Things or, man, even House of Cards before I found out Kevin Spacey out there touching people's booty. I mean, look, I've, I've, uh, I've been into into some of these shows and have skipped a Thursday night football game with guys wearing onesies out there and getting blown out. Well, first of all, let's get back to Kevin Spacey. It's a sports show. I mean, he is the Mickey Mantle of groping. I mean, he hits him from both sides of the plate. You know what I'm saying? He is, he is right now ranked number one in the country groper right now. I see Sylvester Stallone is trying to move in there. we got a couple of uh, – um, of senators that are Wait, trying what to about take... George H.W. Bush? you got to respect a groper who's 93 years old doing it from a chair. Um, I look at him as like Arnie in the rankings. You know, mm-hmm. you know just he's, he's too old to be up there in the rankings. Good God, groping from the wheelchair. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know where this is going to end up. We're going to get in trouble because, because we're trying to have a little fun with this. and Obviously, slippery. someone will tell us we're insensitive. We're, we're just kidding. Yes, exactly. Amos uh, just being rather insensitive right now. All right, let's yeah. talk about let's talk about college football. Some of the big games that we're going to have this weekend: um, Texas and West Virginia. Texas looked good last week, Amos. Uh, that probably lends themselves to getting beat. West Virginia. I don't know what to make of this West Virginia team. They're really Jekyll and Hyde. I'm I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I like what Texas. I like what Texas is doing here. I mean, I think the defense has really come along this year, and we're seeing the strides they've made in some of the big games they've played. They had the early double overtime loss to USC. They took Oklahoma into the final minutes, lost by five. They lost Oklahoma State by three. I would probably. I, I'm thinking Texas is going to win this game outright. I really am. You know, I'm, this is not one of my picks this week. I was leaning West Virginia to be honest with you. I don't know if Texas. Texas is a young team. I don't know if they can handle that kind of success. And now you're on the road at West Virginia. I'd probably lead West Virginia's way. What do I know? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is, a tough, this is one of the tougher games of the week. West Virginia is you know, a pretty good program for much of the last decade. They're home. Uh, they have a nice little season going. They've got Oklahoma next week. You wonder, at least in my mind, I wonder, are they getting caught maybe, dare I say, looking past Texas? That would seem odd in the old days toward that big game with Oklahoma next week. Yeah, um perhaps um but you know, listen, I'm 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 thinking uh I'm I'm thinking West Virginia in this one. As you go through this, there aren't very many great games on this slate. How about my school, University of Miami, big huge 18 and a half point favorites at home against Virginia. Um I've heard some people saying um, upset alert. I'm not seeing it, Emil. I mean, I, do I think they're going to go out there and be at their best? No, they're going to be a little hungover from the big win and all the excitement last week. Um, but they're better than Virginia. And that's just how it's going to end up being. True or no? Oh, I don't see them losing this game, no. But I do. I would probably be tempted if forced to make a pick. I would probably take those 19 points and hold my breath if I had to because um, – I, I, if Miami goes and blows out a decent Virginia team, I mean, it's it's not a great team, but Virginia's been up and down this year. They're having a decent season compared to the last few, six and four. If they go blow them out, I'll be impressed because it's tough to play two games like Miami just played against Virginia Tech and Notre Dame and get yourself up to play a team that when you watch the film, you clearly know you've got better players. So I'll be impressed if they can cover this point spread. 
Uh, one of our one of our live viewers, Norman uh, Norman Chichi Clark, did bring up UCF, and UCF has is we're getting back to the rankings has not really been able to slide up despite being undefeated. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, my God, you and I talk enough over the years off air. I mean, you can't rank college football teams purely on their record. You have to take some context into who who have they played. And I know the argument's going to be, well, they can only play who's on their schedule. I get that. But unfortunately, their schedule really doesn't include anybody, uh, you know, that I would consider a super high caliber team. or And they're in a conference that, you know, it's just not a great conference. So they don't have any... You know, their big win was at Maryland, you know, and Maryland's a bottom feeder in the Big Ten, you know, but that's it. Uh, what would you say, where would you put UCF if they had an early season game against Auburn and beat them, and now they're undefeated? Oh, if, if they'd be in my top ten. If they showed me they could, because that game probably would have been then at Auburn because it would have been a semi-money game. I know UCF a isn't. Neutral site. Let's say it was Camping World Stadium or something like that. Okay, neutral site. I probably still have in my top. If they, if they showed me they could go even early in the season and upset an Auburn, I'm looking at them a little bit differently, sure. But it's hard for me to say, okay, they're 9-0. and it's, it's the same way I feel about Wisconsin. I mean, I know they're in the Big Ten, and they're certainly in my top ten because they're in the Big Ten. But I need to see some wins. Now, Wisconsin has some schedule left here. They're going to play Michigan, and then they're going to play either Ohio State or someone of that caliber in the championship right. game. Um, right. So they have some schedule. But who does UCF play? I mean, they're going to, be, they're going to play South Florida next week. To the extent that we believe South Florida is real good, another team from that conference, okay. And then they're going to play Memphis. A game I'm looking forward to seeing. Oh, I am too. And I, I don't mean to sound like I don't – I enjoy watching these teams, and I'm not saying they're not a good football team. I'm just saying it's hard for me to say you're in the top ten when you're playing in the American Conference, okay, and most of the conference is, is just loaded on top for the teams that don't, you know, like UCF, South Florida, Memphis. Then you got your Tulsa's, Tulane's, uh, East Carolina, Cincinnati. I mean, these teams are like, you put them in a big conference. Some of those teams, they're 0-12. Sure. No, I, I, I don't know about 0-12. I don't know about that. I don't know. Have you, have you, <laughs> have you seen East Carolina play this year? Um, no, why would I? Why would I? Why exactly. Would that exactly. Why? why would it? Why would it happen? Yeah, um, I get it. You got you to gotta like the job Scott Frost is doing. Everyone else does. They're trying to hire him away. Which, by the way, I haven't really, I haven't really talked to you about this on or off air. What do you think about the, the coaching search for the University of Florida? It's, if you're listening to social media and everybody else, it looks like Chip Kelly. Um, but there have been a number of names mentioned. Who do you think, if you're the University of Florida, who's the guy that you want in the saddle there in Gainesville? That's tough. I'm, bring, I'm probably bringing in a guy that's more established. I mean, kind of the way Miami did with, with bringing in Mark Rick. I mean, you know, if our, our concern with Rick, and he, proved, and he proved us wrong, was is this just a placeholder job where he's going to retire? And obviously he has no designs on – going to Miami and just hanging out. He's produced a great football team. I'd probably be okay with the chip if I was convinced he had the ties to recruit that area. That's always my concern with coaching is 
you bring in a guy like Chip who spent his whole college career on the West Coast, what are his ties now? Now maybe he's he's got some more East Coast roots since he coached in the NFL in Philly, and maybe he did some work over the last few years. But you know, I just want to know what his you know his well, ability to recruit. Why did you get those kind of guys? I mean, where did Chip start off anyway? New Hampshire or something like that? And then he was all the way east, and he went all the way west, and now he's all the way south. Um, I, I guess you just find those kind of guys. You know, listen, I'm obviously have some interest in who's going to be the next coach. Uh, I'd be fine with Chip Kelly. I just want to see points. I, I want to see a first down. I can't even see a first down when I go to University of Florida football. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably be okay with Kelly. I mean, he's going to he's gonna put a competitive offensive football team on the field. And to your point, I think Florida, it's the culture there. They're going to play decent defense. And I think if they could, you know, obviously get somebody there who can bring back offensive football, and I don't mean offensive in the term of making me disgusted, I mean – gaining yards and scoring points, yeah. I think I think that's a win for Florida. Well, we, listen, we're supposed to be talking about games, but we're talking about this all this other stuff, and the reason for that is this slate is ugly. It's an ugly slate. Um, my picks this week are on some big games, Michigan and Wisconsin, um, Kansas State and, and Oklahoma State and, and uh, NC State and Wake Forest. Um, Emil, there aren't very many big ones. I'm going to give you this opportunity, though. Um, but don't get too long-winded on me. UCLA taking on USC. Is there a chance at all for the Powder Blue Babies in Westwood? It would it would take a lot of USC helping them because the one thing UCLA just can't do is stop the run. I mean, if you go check the check the numbers, they're horrible. And USC's run the ball for over 300 yards in three games this year. Two of their last three, they seem committed again to giving Ronald Jones. The ball, and Ronald Jones, it's amazing, playing for a team like USC is one of the better-kept secrets in college football. That guy is, is an NFL-caliber back. So it would uh, they'd have to help him, let me put it that way. They'd need three or four turnovers, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and the line would suggest as such, 16. Uh, they're 16-point favorites. The game is in the Coliseum. I don't, you know, I don't know how much that matters, um, but nevertheless – not My friend, year. if you think this slate is bad this Saturday, all you need to do is when we get to Sunday and check the slate out, and, and you'll be back to Saturday. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I, I did check it out. It's not all that great. Sorry, NFL. Uh, the standalone games seem to be okay, but yeah. Uh, and, you know, I talked about that last week, is that with having these games on Thursday, then you got the Sunday night game, you got the Monday night game, you know who suffers? 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday suffers in the NFL. And I'm not for that. I want to roll this thing back well, to where – Chad, you and I used to have that throwaway line all the time, the, the friends and family game, we call it. And, and now that you have someone in the league, uh, you actually do participate in a friends and family game this year because they your, your, your son's team sure. plays quite a few of them. Yeah, um, and, you know, I, I was on hand for, for at least one of them, um, Cleveland and Indianapolis. Which, by the way, I got to say this again for Indianapolis Colts fans. I don't know if we've got anyone from Indianapolis listening to us on the air right now, but hats off to the folks in Indianapolis. They show up for the football games. I mean, there was a game last week. Maybe it was because it was Pittsburgh, but it's clear that at three and six, when the game kicked off, the Indianapolis Colts aren't a good football team this year, but they uh, had that place packed, and there's something to be said for that. Those folks over there in Indianapolis deserve a winner. Um, you know, I hope that's 
coming in the, in the very, very near future. But, um, yeah, there aren't a whole lot. We got – No, we got, there's not. Do you, do, you want, do you want to do our college picks here? Let's just – yeah, let's run through this. I don't want to bore uh, our listeners to death talking about Connecticut versus Boston College. No, and you know what? The truth of it, the truth of it is, we'll cover six games here anyway as we talk through them, uh, the the picks, and and then from there, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll hit the NFL because, like you said, these these games are not uh, anything worth writing home about. My first pick. Let me go first here. Is uh, you know, we talked about Central Florida. I think this is a tough spot for Central Florida this week. Um, they're on the road. They're coming up here. The weather's turned cold. It's November. They have South Florida on deck next week. That's that's a big game, obviously. And Temple has been playing better football. Temple's five and five. Uh, the program's been decent the last four or five years. Had a ten win season. Um, not a not a bad program. And you're going to give them thirteen and a half points at home. Temple's won their last two games. Uh, they have a win against Navy in there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to grab the 13 and a half with Temple to keep this game tight. Uh, I think Central Florida talent wins out in the end, but I'll, I'll grab 13 and a half points. Yeah, um, I, you know what? I, I missed that one. I think that is. Um, I think that is a good one. That is definitely a good one. Um, plus all the distractions surrounding Scott Frost. Will he stay? Will he go? Is he going to Nebraska? Is he going to Florida? Um, at some point, that's going to take its toll. Um, so I don't know if there would be a good play laying two touchdowns on the road at Temple. Good one there, Abel. Yeah. Now, the next one, I'm I'm swallowing hard, folks, when I take this. Okay, I'm, I'm admitting I am swallowing hard. But I have a hard time seeing Ohio State caring about winning this game against Illinois by more than 41 points. For those of you who struggle with math, that is six touchdowns if you make all your extra points. Okay, got to win by 42. Seven touchdowns, excuse me. Uh, six, excuse Six times seven, so 42. Hey, are you sure? Uh, it's a are you sure, six man? touchdowns. You're an accountant here. I know. Well, I, I, I'm struggling because I'm, I'm stuttering because I can't believe a division, a conference game. That's how bad Illinois is. I'm getting 41 points in the conference. I'm going to take 41 points. Ohio State blew out Michigan State last week by 45. They have Michigan on deck next week. This, to me, seems like they go through the motions, they win the game like 45-17, and, you know, they go home hoping no one gets hurt. Okay, so I'll take 41 points in Illinois in this game. Back fighting Illini of Illinois, man, that game has Tums written all over it for you. It does, but it's just you, you see the principle there. I got a conference team getting six touchdowns. It's hard for me to well, pass that I up. I enjoy okay. that you're a man of principle. Good luck with that one. Okay, and then the last one. I saw this guy up close and personal, this Tate kid from Arizona, a couple weeks ago when they played my Trojans. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever play quarterback in the NFL, but if he doesn't, this kid is a running back. Okay, I mean, this guy gets 200 yards from the quarterback position running the football. And they're going to Oregon this week. Arizona, pardon me, Chad? He is as advertised. I did watch that game. It's the first time I had a chance to watch him in that game against USC. Not his best game of the year, but the kid is special. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, this kid can run with the football. Now, you know, his passing's okay, but, but, but he's just like, I mean, he's dynamic back there. They're going up to Oregon. Arizona's 7-3. and three. They're having a great season out there, turn, turning it around. And I'm getting two and a half points with Arizona against, you know, a middle-of-the-pack Oregon team. The line is such because Oregon's getting their quarterback uh, back in the lineup. Good for them. 
I don't see how they shut down Arizona in this game. Uh, I, I just see a lot of points being scored, but I see Arizona winning the game, and I'm getting two and a half points. So sign me up for that. I got the Wildcats. All righty. And so that's your three. Taking Arizona. That's my three. Temple, Illinois, and Arizona. How about that? The job, Rich. I mean, he was on life support. He was looking into the Miami job before Rick got it. He was a dead man last year, and here he is right now earning the respect of the great Emil Calamino on the gridiron station. <laughs> well, you're throwing the word great around very loosely today, I see. Yeah, well, you know, it's, I'm feeling good. So give me your pick. Uh, Stop feeling exactly. good and give me your picks. All right. Um, I did this last week. I don't know if Ricky Williams is watching. He's one of uh, my good friends and a, a follower here on Facebook. I think he's mad at me because I picked against Wisconsin last week. And the Suns, a defensive back who I've trained, by the way, on the team at Wisconsin. Sorry, Rick. I'm picking against him again. I'm going to make these guys prove it to me every week. Wisconsin is taking on Michigan. And, like, Michigan's a forgotten team in college football this year. Everyone was very high on them when they pasted Florida in the opener, but we've come to realize Florida was there for the pasting. Uh, and so, you know, it's not been a memorable season for them. You've even had folks who thought that um, Jim Harbaugh might need to go, crazy as, as that sounds. Uh, but, nevertheless, coming into this game, Wisconsin is a big seven-and-a-half-point favorite, Emil, over Michigan. I just think Michigan's got to take offense to that. You know, you, you know Jim Harbaugh's taking offense to it. He's going to rip a hole in his Dockers. Um, and, and I think he's going to have this team ready. It's going to be a fist fight. I think Michigan matches up well against a team like Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin goes out there and rolls Michigan. I mean, really kicks their tail and covers this number. Then you know what? They've got more of a legit shot. To, to win this whole thing, beat Ohio State or whoever comes from that other side in the Big Ten and find themselves in the playoffs. Um, this would go uh, I agree with you. I almost made this a pick. I think Michigan matches up very well with Wisconsin. Most people are going to look at Michigan's last big road game against Penn State. I think that's a different animal for Michigan. Penn State's more dynamic offensively. Not a game Michigan can play conservatively. Penn State had a chip on their shoulder from the blowout loss at Michigan last year. Um, this game, I think, is a better matchup for Michigan. It should be played in a phone booth. If Michigan doesn't turn the ball over, I, I don't see how this turns into a blowout, but I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, that's the direction I'm going to go in on this one. I'm going to take – I'm going to back um, – I'm going to back the, the men in blue on this one. So um, that's my pick on that one. My other one now is Oklahoma State taking on Kansas State. You know how I feel about Kansas State um, and, 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 and Snyder and, and just the job that he's been able to do there, how steady they've been. It's not a great year for them, obviously. But um, I'm looking at Oklahoma State here, and they got themselves a nice win last week at Iowa State. It was a typical Big 12 game, 49-42, um, and now um, they're back home. I, I don't know that they're going to handle that success. I think they're going to think – more of themselves than they should. This is a team over the last two weeks, Emil, that's given up 62 and 42. Now they're 20-point favorites against a Kansas State team that doesn't show up um, in full force every week, let me say, but they're a tough squad coming off of a loss against West Virginia. I think they can hang within this line. 20 is too many points, especially when you play defense 
like Oklahoma State does. And over the last three weeks, 39, 62, and 42 points. That means the back door is open, and uh, I'm going to hang with Kansas State. Well, here's you know what I like about your pick there? You're at least taking a squad that typically with Bill Snyder, they're not going to lay down. I mean, Bill Snyder gets his kids' attention. They're going to play hard. Now, that doesn't always result in a playing well, but at least you'll get effort there. So I like, I like that pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas State there. And then the final one, Wake Forest. Did you happen to see what they did last week, Emil? Put up crazy. They, yeah, yeah mean, the was, week before against Notre Dame, they had 500 and some yards of offense. Yeah, I mean, that's been lost kind of in the season. People have talked more about Syracuse, actually, than they have Wake Forest in terms of, you know, what's going on offensively. But Wake Forest, and, I, you know, I really watched them in that game against Florida State. Love what they're doing uh, offensively over there. They attack you in a, in a variety of ways. It was a great job for them last week, but it's Wake Forest. And uh, programs like this, off of games like this, really have a tough time handling the success. So what do you do the week after you put up 64 points and have a great win if you're Wake Forest? You just go out and lose. And you're playing a ranked NC State team um, who's going to come in here as an, as, as an underdog, albeit a small one. Seven and three NC State is looking at this line like what? We're underdogs to Wake Forest. I think they come in as the more motivated team, and I like them to bring Wake Forest back down to earth here. Yes, Wake Forest scored 64 points. They gave up 43 last week, 48 the week before that, 32 the week before that. I mean, it's just been you get 30 plus points on us when uh, you line up against Wake Forest this week. I think NC State's going to provide. Uh, a heck of a lot more resistance defensively than Syracuse. And, and you know, Chad, your talking points for this pick, which, by the way, I totally agree with, are kind of point out just to dovetail this into what we talked about previously with Central Florida. This is kind of my point. This is a, a Power Five conference. So Wake Forest plays a great game last week against Syracuse, and this week they're looking at NC State. We're in a smaller conference. You can get away with. You play a great game the week before. Maybe this week you're playing Tulane and you can still go through the motions and win the game. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, those are my picks this week. Michigan, uh, Kansas State, NC State. I don't. What's our line on Michigan there? What do you got, resident account? I got Michigan at an even seven. I've got Kansas State catching 20, and I've got NC State getting two. All right. So there are the picks from – um, yours truly, and um, and then you have Amos picks. We're going to jump into a quick break. When we get back, we're talking NFL. For you folks there that love high school football, stay tuned. At the top of next hour, we're talking high school football here in the state of Florida. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. Sure, someone's gone. Winter's here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, 
Do the wording, whatever you want. Print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at T-ShirtSupplies.com. That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. I'm here so I won't get fined. 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 I'm just here so I won't get fined. Hey, I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. Hey, you better make more with your time. You only got three more minutes. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm just here. No, you're not. You're here because you love it, and you love football. Who are you kidding? Got to love those interviews by one Marshawn Lynch. Very different, different dude. Nevertheless, um, man, we talked about – I'm not excited about this slate. You're right. That NFL slate is looking pretty much – You know, you, you did a whole thing last week when I was cut off and not able to participate about – you know, if people are going into this protest stuff, and that may be a very small fraction of, of what's hurting the NFL, maybe the cherry on the cake for some people. But the NFL, we've been on this train for three years on this show saying it's in a decline and they better do something. It's overexposure and some of these games. Look at this slate. I mean, I'm going down the rotisserie here, Detroit and Chicago. Yeah, old rivalry, but not a game that's compelling to watch. Chiefs-Giants. Buccaneers, Dolphins, Ravens with Aaron Rodgers, Packers, Rams, Vikings. Now that's worth watching. Cardinals, Texans, Jags, Browns. I mean, come on, man. Amo, <laughs> <laughs> well, they would be wise. Okay, they would be wise to do as I said. You've got two problems. First of all, there's been this really, really hard push to make uh, to have some. Uh, what's the term? Not equality, but parity. Parity. Parody. It's parody, all right, but not I-T-Y. It's parody as in P-A-R-O-D-Y. It's a comedy. Yeah, um, and I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> been a good thing. It's, I don't know if that's – you got to have some really big-time teams in there, too. Um, have a, have some, some monsters that people need to go after. You don't need a bunch of seven- and nine-type teams taking on each other. And they'd also do well to, like, get rid of the Sunday night and the Thursday night game. Like I said, if you do that, just look at this week. You could have taken that game last night, Titans and Pittsburgh, a, a game that people would want to watch. You put it in the 1 o'clock slate, 
and you take this Sunday night game between the Eagles and the Cowboys and put it at 4 o'clock and let us watch 60 minutes after all the games are over on Sunday. And then we get all geared up for the, for the big-time game on Monday night between Atlanta and Seattle. You're you're right there, but I think you also hit something on the head. Yes, the scheduling needs work, but also in in the race to create what they think is parity, they've actually crossed that that barrier into mediocrity because the rosters are, are paper thin. So when a guy gets hurt in the NFL right now, because of the salary cap, there's very little quality depth at key positions like quarterback or look at left tackle for the Cowboys. Arguably, the Cowboys have the best left tackle in football, or one of the top three in Tyron Smith. He goes down. The kid playing left tackle last week, honestly, I would have provided more resistance because when the guy trucked me, he would have had a step on my chest on the way to hitting Dak Prescott because Green was whiffing. He wasn't oh, touching the guy. Let's time out because you know I'm not. Maybe I'm not recollecting. Let's dig back into our childhood. We're both forty somethings. Was there ever really depth at that quarterback? position i mean if danny white Uh, sure let me give you a few examples the new york football giants lost phil sims in the middle of the 1990 season won the super bowl with a capable quarterback by the name of jeff hostedler i'll dig back a little further the home team the miami dolphins lost bob greasy and had some guy named earl morrill behind him oh wait a minute stop it stop it stop it stop it come on they weren't doing anything at quarterback for the miami dolphins back then Okay, the 1993 Cowboys lost Troy Aikman in the in the beginning part, second quarter of the NFC Championship game against the great 49er team. They brought in Bernie Kosar. <laughs> <laughs> this is guy talking about. You guys listening to this guy? Listen, when okay, Danny no, White, no, no. Okay, Br- Bernie Kosar you're laughing at, as opposed to a team playing Matt Castle. He's Bernie Kosar light. What are you talking about? Oh, God almighty. Bernie Kosar almost had his team in a couple Super Bowls, if not for John Elway. Give me a break. I can't get over Bernie throwing the ball the way he does. But nevertheless, maybe you're right for crying out loud. I'll give you a little something there. Um, (laughs) Come on, man. You you never give me anything pushing back at Bernie Kosar. You know Bernie was a decent NFL quarterback. Was let me stop playing around. Just the ugly throw made Philip Rivers look like someone that should make a training video on how to throw the ball. Um, <laughs> hey, on, on this other thing too, all these things have happened. The game um, has moved in this direction under the watch of Roger Goodell. Currently, your team and the owner of your team, the Dallas Cowboys, is embroiled in a heavy, heavy battle with said man, Roger Goodell. Um, and people are pushing back, but in your mind, um, should Roger Goodell, should his, should his term as commissioner of the NFL come to an end? Well, I, I, I'm, I'll try to answer that without getting my personal feelings in there. I guess my question is this. He made $32 million last year, and that's fine. The NFL is whatever it is, a $12 billion league. He's delivering results that are going in the opposite direction of what you would want if you were an owner trajectory, Okay. They're losing viewership. They're losing attendance. Now, that could be for a lot of reasons, but he's the CEO of the company. Jones wants him to be a more of a merit-based system where the salary goes down, the guaranteed salary, but he has incentives where he can make more. Now, I find it ironic that a man who runs a league where the contracts aren't guaranteed, we've talked about that on other shows, the NFL does not have guaranteed contracts. Your bonuses. 
here's a guy that runs an incentive-based league where it's, hey, do, what have you done for me lately? Because if you haven't done anything, I'm going to cut you. And he doesn't think it's good enough for him to work on incentives. Um, yeah, very interesting indeed. No doubt about that. Um, extremely interesting that uh, he feels that way. But you know why? He's been in a system where he just got his money. And now you're talking about turning around and making this thing. Do you think Jerry's wrong? I mean, they're not saying we're going to cut your pay. He's going to make more money if he does his job. I I agree with Jerry, but I'm also realistic in knowing that the toothpaste is already out of the tube. He's already been compensated in this different, better fashion for him, and now you're asking him to – so, so, okay, he's got 18 months left on his contract. If if the NFL loses Roger Goodell, is that a bad thing? I mean, it's not like we can't really reaching... answer that until the next guy comes in. Um, yes, um, you know, there's that old saying that your parents had, your parents had, my parents had, the devil you know is better than one that you don't know. So we don't know who's coming in here next. Um, there have been some good things, obviously, that have happened with the NFL. But sure. Mike has really been shined on those bad things. I kind of feel like, though, Maybe it's time for some new blood at that at that headman position. He's asked. Uh, here's here's what I've heard, and maybe you've heard something different. I've I'm hearing, and I've tried to read various sources, that he's asking for something in the neighborhood of fifty million dollars a year, and wow. as a little cherry on the cake, he wants the use of a private plane for the rest of his life. So. Wow. I don't know how true I don't know how true that is. I mean, I've read it. In, it's, I'm not reading it in some, you know, crappy. I mean, you know, basically these are mainstream sports sources, and who knows? Rumors are rumors. I mean, we know they're not always true. But if he's asking for that, that seems like quite a bit of money oh, for a guy who's tripping. Yeah, like thirty-two mil is not enough. He's really bugging if he's doing that. And if that is the case, then I'm with. I'm with Jerry, but we, we know what a lot of this is about with Jerry. He's mad about the whole Ezekiel Elliott thing, right or wrong. Well, I, mean, I think that's a slippery slope the league's gone down. Jerry's taken a broader view, saying at some point the league has to get out of the police business, and if the guy commits a crime and is charged and, and found guilty, then, yes, you, you penalize him. But Jerry's just saying generally, I don't want, to, I don't want my league to be in the police business. That's basically his overall message. A couple of our viewers, Troy and Omar, have also uh, inserted that he's asking for insurance for him and his family for life. Wow. Wow, that's that's interesting. So now you got a guy that runs a, a, merit, a merit-based league, a meritocracy that doesn't feel he should work on a system where he's in, given incentives to perform like the players that he, he, he manages. That That's odd to me. Players get – do their families get insurance for life? Listen, if he wants that, God bless him. I mean, the guy's getting $32 million a year, and I you know, I own a business. I know what it, insurance is expensive. But if I can pay my family's insurance, I think a guy making $32 million a year can. You know what? You know what it is? Test Roger Goodell for CTV. I heard you can test guys that while they're alive. <laughs> You think he's in the concussion protocol, huh? He's tripping big time. He's way out of his mind if he's asking for these things. All right, nevertheless, let's talk about these games. Let's let's get well. You know what? Let's talk about our picks because I'm not gonna sit through here and we're, I'm not I'm not gonna sit up here and, and bore our fans talking about um, the Bills heading to the Chargers. I don't want to hear about it. You don't want to hear about it, and I don't think our listeners want to hear about it. 
So um, the picks for this week, here's what I'm going to go with. Um, the Saints. The Saints are – they continue to prove me wrong, but they call me stubborn here, Angle. Um A huge win, blowout win last week. If the Saints can come back after a blowout win like that and have themselves geeked up enough to turn around and blow out the Redskins again, man, these Saints are more real than you and I or anyone else wants, outside of New Orleans wants to believe. I don't think they can do that. Redskins play fairly decent ball. This is a Redskins team that went out to Seattle and won a couple of weeks ago. Certainly, they can go into New Orleans and hang and possibly come out of there with a win. They're coming off of an awful performance defensively uh, last week where they lost 38-30 to against Minnesota. I think they're the more motivated team, especially with New Orleans. Again, coming off of a 47-10 road win. I think it looks good for Washington here. Um I've got eight as a number. Is that what you have? Yeah, they don't have to play great. I was just going to say that. They're getting eight points. I mean, they just—they have to be a competent NFL team on Sunday, and they can come within that number. So I, I see where you're going there. Yeah, here's another team that had a blowout win last week, the Los Angeles Rams. Lil, what a difference a year makes and a coach makes. Jeff Fisher, them guys couldn't cross midfield on people. It was like watching paint dry, and here they are now, the highest-scoring team in the NFL, and they're, they're, they're pushing – the greatest show on turf or the most points scored uh, average per season. Um, they're doing a Yeah, but let's thing. be fair. I mean, I'm, I'm not a Fisher fan, but let's be fair here. The coach makes a huge difference, no doubt. He's made Goff a very good NFL quarterback, obviously. But yeah. they also brought some weapons in. I mean, they brought in Sammy Watkins. They brought Robert Woods back to Los Angeles. I mean, they gave him some things to work with. Well, true, but let me look at the way he's used um, uh, Todd Gurley. Look at the ways he's been able to use Tavon Austin in addition to getting those weapons. And who, who knows, man? Jeff Fisher could have been standing in the way of those weapons. Hey, I'm not going to be a big Jeff Fisher fan. He, no, he, I'm I, not either. I'm just saying that it's helped that they brought a few pieces in. I agree. I think the guy should, the guy should be up for coach of the year. I mean, That said, Emil, um, I don't like the Rams this weekend on the road against Minnesota. They did so well that a good Minnesota team is less than a field goal favorite against the Rams. Uh, I have to back Minnesota here. Um, even though Minnesota went out and got themselves a 38-30 to win last week, I, I really don't like it when teams get um, a, a big victory and allow a bunch of points. But in this particular case, there's, I think they're being a little bit disrespected here. So um, I'm going to back I'm going to back Minnesota in this one. I only have to cover two and a half points. Basically, just have to win the football game. So I'm going to take them here in this one. And uh, I don't know if there are any Dolphin fans left. Maybe there are a couple of them listening or watching this show right now. I am – that thing looked ugly. Did it not look ugly the other night? Bad. Carol that Spence. was bad. Yeah, that was bad. Good Lord, it was bad. I don't know why anyone in the world would, you know, back the Miami Dolphins. With that said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. You go out, you get completely and utterly embarrassed. You 45 points put up on you, and then you've got lowly Tampa Bay showing up, who just ended a, a five-game losing streak by squeaking by the Jets. Um, this is right for a Dolphin win. They're back home in the comfort of home. And you know what? If you've got anything left in your four and five season, um, which you're not out of it, um, it's going to show up this week, and you get yourself a little bit of a softy. I'll take the Dolphins there and pick them at home. So that's what I'm rolling this week. Redskins, Vikings, and Dolphins. Read them in week, folks. That's what I'm rolling. Wow. Well, that 
you, you know, I've noticed that you and I, between the two of us so far, have been taking a lot of points generally. And uh, I'm starting off, I agree with you. Redskins were one of my picks. I saw that pop up. I said eight points, um, Saints blowout win. I just can't see the Saints, like you said, getting geeked up enough again to go out and blow this team out. The Redskins seem to hang. They just can't get over the top. They're not a horrible team. Um, so I'll take eight points like you with the Redskins. I, I, I think that's a solid pick there. Um, my next one's another one of my um, swallow hard, okay? Believe it or not, I saw some improvement in the Cleveland Browns last week, okay? Uh, what, what did you say? Deshaun Kaiser, you know, at the end of the first half, cost them some points with that brain fart inside the uh, 10-yard line where they had at least a field goal called a quarterback sneak with no timeouts. Anyway, um, they're getting eight points at home, and I, I, I'm not sure the Jags are, are the kind of team yet built to go on the road, even against Cleveland, and cover this kind of number. They're still inconsistent offensively. They're a very good defensive team. This has, to me, the potential to just be one of those ugly 20-17 to 17 type games. I'm actually going to swallow hard and take the Cleveland Browns plus eight at home this week. Let's call a timeout. Let's call a timeout. Have we not reached the point in time in the year where you don't even mess with the Clevelands of the world? You know what? I, I got hope last week when I saw the 49ers locker room. I, I actually got sad as well. Um, they treated their first win last week against the Giants like they won the Super Bowl. So somewhere Bill Walsh is spinning in his grave today, okay? Uh, they were jumping up and down and hooting and hollering. So I'm thinking maybe these guys want to get their first win. And I'm getting eight points at home. I'm hoping the cold weather, Jacksonville coming up, all that stuff. I'm going to take the eight. I just got a feeling the Browns play well this week. God bless you, my friend. That game's on Sunday. So and then I have one left. So I was down to, should I take my Cowboys getting four and a half at home? The line jumped when Tyron Smith went out. And I just can't get Chaz Green allowing six sacks in a game out of my head. So I can't take them. So here's what I'm doing. I'm going to take the Oakland Raiders at home getting seven points. They're, they're on a bye week. They've had two weeks to get ready for this football game. New yeah. England comes in flying high. The thing is, I'm not in love with the Patriots' defense yet. I mean, it's still giving up 408 yards a game. So it's the kind of defense that you would think Oakland can move the ball. And even if they lose the game, I see the back door being open. I see a bunch of ways for Oakland to either win the game outright in an upset or at least cover the spread. So I'll take seven with a well-rested Raider team here at uh, four and five, needing this game to stay in the AFC playoff hunt. Man, you You've got some Tums picks. You're picking against – you're picking Cleveland. You're picking against the New England Patriots. Um, you're, you're, you're better be a strong man. You better have a cast iron stomach this week. I'm no, ready for it. I, I, you know, you got to remember one thing. When you, when you make the pick on a Friday and it looks great, it usually doesn't work out that way. So I'm starting that to is, just go no, with what I feel. That is very, very true. And that's certainly been the case for us on a couple of these – weekends well nevertheless all right the picks are in it's time to talk some high school football and we're going to be doing that next when we get back amos checking out now amos say bye to the live and uh, bye everybody enjoy the football this weekend all right amos out florida high school football is in we're going to be talking florida high school football next with joshua wilson from florida hsfootball.com looking forward to that we've got a rematch 
in Dade County, Northwestern and Central, and all kind of big-time games going on across the week. West Broward talking trash to St. Thomas. What's going to go down? What's going to happen? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Macho Man Randy Savage is not a happy Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. Yeah. Oh, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it, yeah. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! I'm on my way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better. I'm doing all right. Tell you, dude, the Jaguars are going to smash Cleveland. I cannot see Cleveland winning that game. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, man, he's got a cast iron stomach, man. He's taking the Cleveland Browns and he's fading the New England Patriots. I'm going to have to call him on Sunday and just make sure he's all right. Make sure he's got his meds right there with him. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> man, we've got some games here in the state of Florida tonight that are uh, big time that we need to talk about. I missed you last week. We had technical difficulties. Couldn't have you on. Really quick, though, what's your assessment of uh, how things went down in that first week? We've been talking all season long about the new playoff system, and one of the things we did talk about a lot is the effect that the new playoff system would have on the first round 
of the high school football playoffs here in the state of Florida. What's your assessment of it? I know we had some blowouts, but overall, what would you think? Uh, and we, 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 we did have some blowouts, and, and that's the thing, you know, and, and blowouts are, you know, in, in that sense of things, you know, blowouts are going to happen no matter which way you look at it. I mean, it, it can happen in the first round. It can happen in the state championship game. But uh, usually 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 you kind of you, – you, usually most of your blowouts are first round anyways. But, uh, I mean, the matchups, you know, it, it, I mean, there were a lot of good matchups. It's just, you know, and it, I think in the process, some people are like, well, this was supposed to help eliminate some of the blowouts. Well, yeah, in some sense, but it's supposed to help the, the overall picture, not just the first round picture. And that's the thing. And, and, and the question will be, you know, at the end of the day, are we, st- are, are we you know, is the FHA going to have to look at something and say, are we taking too many teams for the playoffs, you know, considering you've got eight classifications or, or do you reduce the number of classifications maybe in, in, in the sense of, uh, of helping to re- thing, reduce things? Because really, you know, I mean, because technically, you know, if you look at it, I mean, 1A through 4A is technically a split of two classifications between between 1A, 2A, that's a split, and there's 3A, 4A, and that's a split. You know, technically, you know, if, if those two, you know, those two classes each were to be combined together, you'd be at six classes again. So it's it's really a, you know, the well, question is, is are we, would you be in favor of something like that? I don't know. I mean, the problem is you have to look at it. You look at the other, te- you look at other team sports, and they're at nine. We're at eight mm-hmm. football. So you know, and I, the question is: Is are, we, are they taking too many teams, or are they taking not enough teams? I mean, that, and that's the question. It's really, I, I think it's the it's it's like the chicken and the egg, which came first, <laughs> kind yeah, of thing. No, you know, it's, uh, you know. Listen, I this is the round I was really really waiting for. The second round, I think we get a lot of great things going on. So let's start in eight a. Obviously, can't get to all of these games in the limited amount of time we have here, less than thirty minutes to talk about it. Um, We've got all these regions. What's the what's the what's the biggest thing you're looking forward to tonight in in so far as 8A is concerned? Well, well, Columbus beating South Day, no surprise. They're last night. I mean, I, I you know I, I was pretty close. I was pretty close on score. I think I was getting close on. It was it was like 31-20, and I, you know it was 28-14. So it really wasn't too far off on that one with, with between Columbus and South Day. And I really think you know Columbus is the team to beat in that region in Region Four out of Miami Dade County in 8A. So you know, it, but here's Southridge and Miami High. Who who would have thought that would be a second round matchup between those two programs? And exactly. for Southridge. This is what Chad. This is where Southridge is going to have to fight. They're going to have to fight Miami High. Miami High made a statement last week. They said, "Hey, we're back." You know, you look I'm at Cedric like, Irvin. Like, Miami High in that game too, by the way, Josh. But I'm with you. They're going to have to fight to get that win. Southridge, I'm talking about. Oh yeah, the Southridge is going to have to fight with Miami with the Stingrays for the for that win. And, and Miami High made a statement again. They made it last week. They they said, "Hey, we're back in this." We might not have been in the playoffs the last seven years, you know, since the last time was 2010, you know. Okay, now you're here. You're in the second round. I mean, this this could this could be a rematch. This could be a – you might be looking at a potential Columbus-Miami High rematch next week. I mean, here you go. I mean, this is – Miami High almost – in Miami High almost had them in the in the regular season, so it it wouldn't be impossible to say, hey, you know, hey, Miami High is all of a sudden has a ten, potential chance of making a a run here. I mean, you got to remember. Let's let's, let's if you want to look back in the deep troughs of history in high school football in this state, Miami High is your original powerhouse. Before no, no, no. Tables, no, no. It's been a while though. You know, it's been a it's while. Been a been, long... guess, good to see them back. You know what I was surprised at? Winter Park Pinkos. I'm talking about Winter. Uh, Pecos has Winter Park. He's predicting them to beat Apopka tonight. 
Do you know I, I, we're gonna we're gonna say hold up, Joe? We're gonna say hold up, Joe, on this one because this is where every time a Popka has won a state championship or has made a run at least at a state championship game, has not been as a district champion. It's always been mm-hmm. as a runner up. And in this case, this year they're the third place team in their district. They wouldn't have even made the playoffs under the old system this past year, this year, if they had, if they, if it weren't for the point system. So, you know, Popkins got to be really thankful for this new system because they got in over the, over the team that beat them to finish second place in that district, West Orange. Well, Popkins are scheduling tough to do something they normally do. Right. And that's the thing. That's the different thing. That's the other thing that helped them. So in the, in the cases that, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Hey, Winter Park, don't get your, don't get head over heels on this because this is when the Popkins can be most dangerous. And I mean, they, they I mean, I think Seminole got it in their head. Oh, well, we're going to beat Popkin. Well, no, they, they took you out 54 21. That wasn't even, but they say goodnight on that one. I mean, well, John, as, you, what, as you may or may not know, we're also on Facebook Live. Um, so we've got, you know, a couple of listeners in here chiming in. One says for sure, A.G. Watson says uh, for sure, Winter Park is guaranteeing it, it looks like, uh, that Winter Park will lose to a Popkin. You know, that's the thing. Gosh, like, I would, he's a little bit of a he's an Apopka fan, so there's some bias in there. Well, there's some bias, but again, you got to look at the tradition. You got to look at the history of Popka. When they made these runs, it's always been as a runner-up or something like that. It's always been that case. You know, I mean, when they win state championship games, take a. I mean, I can take a Popka in this game, but it's going to be close. Winter Park is you know, Winter Park's no slouch. Let's not let's not. Let's not write off Winter Park totally, but again, you know, if people in Winter Park are thinking, "Oh, we're going to run a Popka over," yeah, you might you might want to bring the horses back to the barn and <laughs> keep them right there for right at the moment. That's what I'm saying. I agree on uh, that. That one down is one of our uh, more interesting games to pay attention to tonight. Let's slide down into 7A. Um, one of the things I was surprised to see by Pinkos is only. Uh, St. Thomas only a ten-point favorite over West Broward. West Broward comes in; um, they're you know they're not a perennial playoff participant. Um, they have they have improved over recent years, and they're in there now. They're feeling very confident. They're saying some things. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing to do against St. Thomas, but Aquinas Pinkos only has them uh, favored by ten in this game. What what say you about that? Well, I mean, it's a, it's kind of an interesting forecast for one thing. I mean, that's uh, I mean, I guess it kind of speaks maybe more towards West Broward's schedule that they've had, and they have fared pretty well with it. I mean, I give in my in my thought with that. I mean, you gotta you gotta get you gotta give credit to Monte Delaware for what he's done at West Broward. I mean, there's no doubt about that. When it's winning your first district championship. I mean, you win your first district championship. You 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 win your first playoff game in school history. The school's not even the school's only like ten years old, so the school's not even the school's still considered a baby in terms of of of, of schools being around. Sure. I mean, thing is, is that you just don't want to. This is probably the wrong. If, if for West Broward, this is the wrong team about to, trying to talk trash on. I mean, if you, you should if you wanted to talk trash, you should have talked trash on Forest Hill last week. That would have been different. Ah. I mean, consider. <laughs> But hey, that I mean, may mean they're just super confident, and um, that could either be a, a bad thing or a really, really good thing for West Broward. Oh no, that you know, you're absolutely right. That's the thing. It could be a bad thing or it could be a really good thing. It's just a matter of okay, what do you do in that 48 minutes on the field that you go play those games, those four quarters? I mean, that's the big question. I mean, if West Broward pulls up the upset, that might go down as one of the probably the biggest upset of the year. That would that would definitely. Go that would skyrocket Miami New Orleans 
that would skyrocket past that Miami New Orleans Northwestern game. That's always the case, though, Josh. Um, when St. Thomas loses, if they lose, whoever beats them, to, it's you know no doubt a big upset, an extra an extra big one. Um, because it's West Brown, and for all the reasons that you said that you know a new school babies and all this, and then to go knock off the big Don Dada in this thing, yeah, I'd agree, big big time upset if that were to happen. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, another, yeah. The Don- another eyebrow raiser in in seven A is Vieira by seven over Plant. That's the that's the prediction here. Um, I thought going into this thing, Plant was was you know what people were predicting to be at Camping World Stadium against against St. Thomas. Isn't that what people are talking about? A rematch? What's going on here? No, no, no. I'm I'm not I'm not on the plant train this year. I'm I'm not. I mean this is this is a little different with this point system. You gotta look at the schedule that plants played. Mm-hmm. Hills I mean this is not this is not necessarily any fault of plants. I think this is more fault of the Hillsborough County school system with their with their athletic department. I mean a lot, but I, I will save uh, calling people names out and stuff on that on on this one. But uh plant schedule, I I mean the the only t- t- tough team that can really the two toughest teams that they have really played on their schedule this year, Armwood, which they mm-hmm. lost to, and Hillsborough. I mean that, I mean Hillsborough was a week one. Armwood was actually in the being in the being made up because of Hurricane Irmas. So I, I, the thing for the thing in my mind is that East River it, 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 when 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 Plant played East River last week, both teams were nine and one coming into that game. Mm-hmm. The thing is that Plant nine and one was a different than an East River nine and one. I mean East River their, their schedule was much considerably weaker, so it was no surprise that Plant basically shut them out. This week, however, Vieira is just I mean really in, in my mind Vieira's got the home field advantage they have built a program there in, in, in Brevard County there in, in the Melbourne area where they're at I, I just think in my mind that Vieira Vieira's that I mean the, the 7.4 forecast being being at home yeah I'd take it give it to me because I really think oh, Vieira's is the much better team tell me this okay uh, you feel like Vieira's a stronger team um, and now is how strong is Vieira though are they good enough to beat what comes out of the South? The South has been dominant in this classification, due in large part to St. Thomas. Are they? Can they show up to Camping World Stadium in the championship and do better than Plant did against St. Thomas last year against whoever comes out of the South this year? Well, you know, and that's even my debate about who comes out of the South. I really think Aquinas. You know, if Aquinas gets to the state semifinal, you know, I mean, depending on you know what kind of Dwyer team that shows up, if if Dwyer wins wins tonight as well i really think you know you know again it's more of i don't know if aquinas is actually going to make it to the state championship game to be honest with you chad i don't I, there's there, there's that venice team that's sitting there in region three and venice venice is basically guaranteed to host all the way through i mean they got a nice aquinas, Brain river what do you think about that that looks like that's going to be a good game I, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's what they call part six because this is now this is a sixth time in in three years that these two teams have met between Venice and Braden River. I like Venice because it's at home. If this was Braden River, I'd take Braden River if it was at Braden River's house. I mean that's the that's the difference here that we're looking at. So I mean that's the that's the considerable thing. I mean I really in my honest opinion I think what 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 doesn't have me sold on Aquinas repeating this year or actually getting there to to back to camping world stadium 
is the fact that you know you know you look at it South Miami you look at it oh well they beat South Miami fifty six nothing no that would beat them pretty easily but that's because they weren't going up against a very good caliber team in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Venice is a different story if it's Aquinas versus Venice in that re- in that state semifinal. The difference is that Venice has got offense. The th- thing is Venice has got defense. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, what is the one thing that Aquinas has struggled on, especially against good teams this year? Offense. I mean, mm-hmm. that is that is the big thing. I mean, you go out to Arizona and lay a goose egg. I mean, that's still in people's minds. I mean, that's still fresh in my mind. Okay, well, you couldn't go out to Arizona and get any offensive points at all. I mean, what is it going to? I mean, if you're playing a Centennial team like that out in Arizona, what what, what is it going to say when you play Venice? Especially when you have to go to Powell Davis and Ven- Powell Davis Stadium in Venice and play there in their own thing, and it can get pretty loud. I mean, you you, you better be ready for that. Otherwise, you're, you're, yeah, you're not. So. And just so that we're clear, if that game does happen, it would happen in Venice. Right. That's the thing because Venice has the higher point average, so that's what would happen. So that's the that's the thing. And I mean, it's just it's one of those things in, in, that I'd say, hey, you gotta got to look at distancing, but if you're looking at teams out of the north, I think the team right now, the second that might come out of the north is not necessarily Vieira, even though Vieira would host. you got to watch out for Bart and Trail. I mean, you don't, don't you know, there's their 7-3 and three record, watch out, because, you know, when they were 7-3 and three coming out of the regular season, they're 8-3 and three now going into this weekend's game, which, by the way, it was, you know, tonight they're playing Lincoln, which, you know, that was a shock there, because of being 4-6, and six, and they, 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 they somehow got past Columbia. But you know, it, it's really you know if it, it, I think the I think the people's thing is the thought in my thought mind is that I would really like to see the seven A game just be slightly different this year. I mean, with, still it's already going to be a three o'clock afternoon kick on on on, uh, on that Saturday. You know, it's no they they demoted the seven A game out of the nightcap because yeah. they're t- I guess everybody was tired of seeing a Aquinas blow out. What's up. crazy about that though um, is that we may end up with a really really good game. In seven, eight, and you know that's, that's the funny. Moved it out of the prime slot, but we may end up with a really, really good game. Uh, I don't want to go on and on on that. I'm going to skip six A because I'm going to make the viewers hang on because that's what everyone wants to talk about. We've got something big going on down there, a couple of really uh, good matchups, and I'm going to jump to uh, the section that I'm in. It's five uh, A. Uh, let's start in the south uh, with Pinkos. He's got Gibbons by 10 over Rockledge. I don't know much about Rockledge. Obviously know a great deal about Cardinal Gibbons. What do you think of Pinkos's pick on that one there? And uh, he, he's not far-fetched on it. And it's not, it's not, it's not far-fetched on the numbers. Uh, it's really in, in my mind that Gibbons is, Gibbons is the better team in this coming in this game, especially the fact that Rockledge almost bowed out in the first round. I mean, this is that's right. the thing about Rockledge. You know they say it's hard to beat the same team twice in one season. Well, here's your thing. Here's your here's your uh, here's your proof in the pudding, as they say. Um, you, you look at you go back and look at uh, when Rockledge played Bombay during the regular mm-hmm. season, forty-two six blowout, nothing. Okay, Rockledge ran them over. This time, that twenty-seven twenty-one overtime. It took the overtime to win this game. So, and, and actually, really, that you know, Rockledge has had to play overtime the last two weeks. I mean, first against Coco and the two overtime to beat Coco, and then, you know. They'll beat Bombay in overtime. So well, they're, they're either going to be really tough or really worn down um, going into that's this the game. Thing. And that's the thing. And, and Gibbons, and Gibbons didn't. Gibbons did not have a have an easy game either. I mean, the fact that you know it was jo- you, you basically had a track meet with Jones, forty three thirty in the first round. You know that. I, I just. No, no, like, I didn't have a chance to see that game. It looked like 
uh, there were some late points by Jones there. I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. It looked like Cardinal Gibbons kind of got that game in hand, and then James came, uh, Jones came up with some some late points. Am I wrong on that, or it was more back and forth? I I, I didn't get the full because some of the game reports for whatever reason just are not very informative on some of the details about things, you know. And I mean that's some of the stuff with with in sports journalism, but I'm I'm not going to rant there on, on that today. But I would have to go back and look at the uh, the game report. But I mean, still you you still look at the game. You still I mean, yeah, Gibbons did jump out early, and that's the thing, you know, for. for for that, but I mean, I, really, I just see Gibbons winning this game. This is a this is a this is a game that Gibbons can win. If they lose it, then it's probably going to be more of a it's, it's on their shoulders at this point. I mean, it, it, you know, it, for for Coach Matt DeBuck over there at, at Gibbons, I think you know, it, even though he probably wanted to be the five seed just to get <laughs> in, in the fact because they felt like they were thinking, actually it was probably a better position that he was that that, that team was his, his his Chiefs are the sixth seed because hey. Get to the regional final. Who do you get on the other side? Pick the Patriots of American Heritage Plantation, maybe. Some team team, uh, I'm familiar with. And well, let's talk about that. Look, Pinkos has made us 38 point favorites over Bishop Moore. I think he's undersold Bishop Moore here. Obviously, been watching the team this week. Extremely physical team, very disciplined team. I think Bishop Moore is better than they were last year. Um, Pinkos has got us blowing them all the way out. What do you say? Pretend you're not talking to me. Uh, you know, I think it's just you know. To, to be honest, this is this is this is where I call this is where, where, where I have to call a time I, I have to call a timeout here on this and with, with that and uh, say uh, you know this is a this is a team this is Bishop Moore they have come down the American Heritage Plantation before they've beaten they have done this before so this is not anything new. Uh, I'd rather take the I'd rather take a spread of fourteen than thirty eight. That's that's where I'm standing at. I really think this is a lot closer game than than yeah, the numbers my, are suggesting. One of my live viewers is saying they'll be scared of us. They weren't last year. I can assure you of that. They came they at us often, very they strong. Ag, I'll tell you, I just how they came at us um, when we're off air. But um, I doubt scared is going to be a part of uh, their toolbox tonight. Immokalee by seven over Dunbar. How good is Immokalee? They look like they've got a ton of athletes over there. What are we dealing with? Well, Immokalee, I mean, Immokalee's pretty good. Dunbar's pretty good. Dunbar, I mean, Immokalee and Dunbar played the close in the regular season. So this is a rematch here. You know, this is another. I mean, I think the question is, is that, you know, does Immokalee have enough in it to beat Dunbar for a second time? That's going to be the big question. I think at the end of the day, it's a matter of just, you know, you got to play the full 48 minutes and make sure that you don't make mistakes and penalties because, you know, the, you know, one turnover, two turnovers, that could be enough to seal your fate. And you, you don't want to do that. Not especially when this is, hey, you, you, you win or you hang it up. You know, this is not, <laughs> you know, this is yeah. this is your yeah, season no, on the no, no. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I think the you know your winner of that game is probably what's going to come out of uh, out of Region Three there. So uh, we'll see. Some up the north for me. Uh, uh, some names up there, not big time names. Um, is, is it West Florida Tech? Is, is is that the name to be watching right now? Mm, you know, actually, I give Wakulla a chance to beat West Florida Tech. West Florida Tech's schedule, you know, they may be nine and one. They came nine in, in the playoffs, nine and one, ten and one. Now coming into this game, West Florida Tech, in my mind, is not. Uh, they have not played as a strong schedule. You know, I think the I think the game you really want to watch on the other side, though, is that Trinity Christian Godby game. Trinity Christian getting out of out of that. Uh, 
first round game with rematch with Bowles of 24 21, uh, 30 overtime. By the way, there's a note in uh, Richard Burton, who's the big historian on, on Florida high school football playoffs and stuff like that. It was the first round, it was, it was the first, first round playoff loss for Bowles since 1989. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's crazy. I, mean, I did notice that. Yeah. Uh, very and that interesting. The, and that was the first year that Corky Rogers was there. At Bulls, so and then you know Corky, Corky just retired after after last season. I mean, it's it's Portage, it's Portage, Wayne Belger, the head coach there this year. But for, for but you you so you're telling me thing, they split, they split all the way back to the first year of the, the program's falling back. How many years was Corky there? Corky was there. It was eighty nine to twenty. I mean, a good plus. I think like twenty five, twenty six years. He was there for a while. So this is. Part of that good well, thing, but all the way back to 1989. So yeah, yeah, but but if you look at the let, let's uh, going back into the north bracket here, I think you know really in the question is is who who's going to come out of the north to represent on the other side? You got, I mean, let, let, let's, I mean, you got Trinity Christian that could be, you know, could be could be going to Orlando. I mean, you got Gabby that's a potential chance if they win. You know, Baker County is another team that might get to the state semifinal, and that would be a very very huge for them because. The way it looks right now, Baker County would end up hosting all the way through, and but you know you got Clay that's sitting there on the other side, and you got I mean even Zephyr Hills might have a chance to make a run. It's just really it's it's a toss up in the north, and this is kind of a good thing because it kind of keeps the South teams kind of like looking like uh, we can't get our hopes up high <laughs> because we don't know who yeah, we might get. We're short on time, so let me run into the four A real quick. You've got a, a very important rematch down here in Region 4 University School taking on Monsignor Pace. They beat them in the in the original matchup this year. Pinkos has them by seven. Do you anticipate any problems here for University School in this rematch with Pace? Well, like I said, the, here, here you go again. It's hard to beat the same team twice in, in one season. And, and this might be, you know, Monsignor Pace has gotten hot here, you know, in the last few weeks. You know, you got to watch out. Hey, they're – Joe Zacchio down there, you know, hey, they're playing, they're playing the, the Monsignor Pace football again down there, which is ca- kind of nice because it's kind of nice to see them back in the playoffs here and stuff. And, you know, again, I mean, I, I think in, in this situation, you know, it's for, 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 for this, for, for Pace, I think it's just, you know, what, how do you, how do you get off the ball and make sure that you get, get, you know, get ahead of on, on the Sharks there. And that's going to be a big thing. I mean, I'll still take the Sharks. I think the Sharks will get to the state semifinal, but, I mean, whoever whoever actually wins that game, you got to go to Coco. That is not yeah, going to be a good thing. That's, that's your prize, but it's there. I mean, and if you want to get to the final, you got to you got to run through. Uh, you got to get to Coco. In the top half, though, we've got uh, we've got a blowout predicted. Don't really have a whole lot of time to get into that. Class three A. I don't anticipate any problems for Shamanad against Benjamin. But I, I am intrigued by uh, what's going on in Region 2 with Oxbridge versus Melbourne Central Catholic. Pinkos has them by 10, but I think Oxbridge can be on upset alert. Oxbridge can be on upset alert. Melbourne Central Catholic is a pretty good team. I mean, the fact after they got to the state semifinals last year, they're hungry. They want to be in a state championship game. They want to, they want to play for one. And, I mean, this team feels like they have everything they need to get there. So, again, it's just – Got to beat Oxbridge Academy, and I mean, I think, I mean, I'm gonna take a look, quick look here because if they beat uh, Oxbridge, I'm gonna have my eyes on, on on that one. That's that's definitely one to pay attention to there. That oh yeah, I, Oxbridge. Oh, you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if Melbourne Central Catholic beats Oxbridge, that'll definitely be an upset. But then, and then Melbourne Central Catholic most likely will either have to go to in, in this situation. They either this is what they, this is what they have to hope for. If you're MCC in this case, you either have to hope for that um, you beat you beat that, and then you have to hope that Florida High somehow loses. You know, actually, you know, actually to be honest with you, really, really looking at it. No matter which way it happens, Melbourne Central Catholic will be on the road going to somewhere if that's the case. But Oxbridge would host next week no matter what. So it's that'll be fun yeah. to see what happens. Yeah, I want to see what goes down on that. Well, let's, uh, I've saved this for the end. Let's talk about Class 6A. Big-time, big-time matchup going on in the Mecca tonight. Trash Powell Stadium. It's a rematch. Northwestern versus Miami Central. This is going to be a war. Um you know, I got a game tonight, but if, if I didn't have a game, this is where I'd be watching this one go down. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, man. You t- you know, this is a national, this national pick on that, you know, I'm kind of involved in on uh, Prep Force. And mm-hmm. I, I, this is one of the games that's on the pick. Everybody else took Central. I'm taking Northwestern. I just – I'm – I feel like Northwestern is just kind of, you know, they're, they're, you know, I think that, you know, they they needed that one loss and that one loss that they outside of IMG. Let's just, minus forget that they even played IMG Academy. That's a different story. Sure. The the them losing to Norland, getting that being upset by Norland. I think that was enough to scare them. Mm-hmm. Right, they're like, wait a second. If this had been a playoff game, we would have been out. Now you're here. You got the rematch with Central. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not necessarily probably your ideal situation that you wanted to be coming into the into the playoffs, but sure. you know that's 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 the way the bracket bracket called for. Do you not I feel like Central can make the necessary adjustments? I just I feel like they've made adjustments, but I also think that Northwestern's still the better team here in this situation. I still think it's it's just you know it's Northwestern has shown that they can play football i mean that's the thing i mean i mean you you, you ran over matanzas easily which is no surprise 33 nothing i mean central ran over palm Bay heritage again that's a no surprise either but this is not going to be no runaway contest we knew that going in it was inevitable that this was going to happen i mean it was inevitable was either going to be happening in the second round or the third round in in my opinion depending on where the placement on the bracket so we get it here in the second round i mean this is this is the thing and i i really think northwestern does have that chance and if northwestern gets past this then they're going to probably have easy pickings with Carroll City or Mainland. I mean, Carroll City won't be a tough, it won't be a tough, tough, uh, won't, won't be an easy game, but I think they'll, they'll have it a little bit easier than what they're going to have it tonight. It, now, on the other side of that, Carroll City and Mainland, I mean, Mainland, hey, hey, Mainland finally knocked the coat on one of the Miami teams, they, you know, beat Miami Norland last week, but can they beat, can they find a way to beat Carroll City? And Josh, and this just like, we're looking at two games where Pinkos has the favorite by only one. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, that's the, that's the, that tells you how good Region Four is, really, with their with the top teams. It's just really tight, and especially with you know, you taking four out of Miami out of that out of District Sixteen. I mean, that's really the thing, and and. and you know, but some, this is where the argument comes back in for cross bracketing at some point. You know, where the, we wouldn't have we we we, we can avoid this until. We're just not. Let's enjoy it for what it is right now. We've got two really, really great teams in Region Four. I mean, great oh yeah, games. this is going to be good. This is going to be good. It's it's good for football fans. It's good. I mean, I I, I expect not only the Mecca to be be really packed. I expect uh, Daytona Municipal to be really packed. So that that's the uh, those are the two things I really think you know that I 
that you know there should be whole, you know things. I mean, if, but this this all this you look at the entire Class Six A bracket. It speaks for Class Six A that you know. I mean, the, I mean the highest the, the highest the the highest forecast right now is Armwood eighteen over Hillsborough, which I'm not surprised by. But oh, let, me ask that, that, let me ask you on that though. Let's just to, to, to sum up the North. Is it Armwood and everyone else, or is there do they have a real challenger in the North after this thing? Well, I think it's Armwood right this second right now to get to the state semifinal. The question is, is who you know if you know you're you're Northwestern or you're, you're Northwestern Central Care City Mainland. You're any of those four teams. You, you better be looking on the other side of the Region Three bracket and watch out for North Fort Myers. You know, okay, De- Deion Sanders Hall, uh, uh, not claim the fame right there. It's been but, a while. Are they, are they real? Are they a real challenger? Or do they have a real shot to get to Kansas World Stadium? They they think they do, and they've. I mean, they're undefeated. They have not been. They have not lost a game yet this year. This is a different. This team is totally different than that twenty twenty uh, sixteen team. So that's Fort, a, it's a, Fort Myers. What's that mean out in that area? You're undefeated. I mean, I don't know. Is that is, is that a big deal? Well, this is a rematch with Fort Myers. This is a rivalry game rematch. So this is thing, and you know, Fort Myers. You know, they Fort Myers kind of kind of had it there for for a little bit in their game earlier this season then North Fort Myers just kind of turned it on them and turned the Jets on and that's what North Fort Myers has done every you know even even if they get behind in a game North Fort Myers finds a way to win games so this is a North Fort Myers is a four-quarter team this is not you, you, you can't ignore them so that's the thing but uh if you go back to region two going back into the north here that Vanguard 17 over Mitchell, this is a rematch from last year in the playoffs. Uh, some people, the, the Vanguard team is not the same Vanguard team as we saw last year. This Mitchell team, they, they, they fought hard last week, 14-13 over Chamberlain. I think that game is closer than a 17-point favorite for, for Vanguard and Mitchell. But, it's you know, again, it's the same thing. But uh, then you look at you look at Region 1, St. Augustine, Navarre, Excambia, Crestview. All four of those teams are running hot right now. The question is, is who comes out of that? You know, they really you're going to get a good team out of the north probably this year. But the question is, is can they compete with the team that comes from the south? That's going to be the key. Maybe the south bracket beats themselves up, and uh, we we all um, I think we could feel pretty confident that Armwood is probably going to be the team there. I think if we're putting money on it, we'd say that we're going to have to leave it at that, man, because we're running out of time here. But uh, I don't want to let you go without you know, previewing the ways that folks can follow you tonight and get all of the information on these games and the ones we didn't talk about. Tell us how we can find you and the information tonight. Well, 40, uh, 47 games tonight. We're really down to 24 next week. So, But uh, FLIHS Football on Twitter and then HS Football on Facebook, Instagram. And then um, we have also um, – People, you know, we we think because we, we, we don't we can't charge a subscription for the website and the content, but there's a way, you know, the thing we, we we do need, you know, we do need some fan support in helping us monetarily in a way because we do, you know, in order to keep things free and you know, in in the sense of things, we got a Patreon account, so Patreon.com/slash Florida HS Football. You can find that information on the website as well, so that way people can kind of help us out, you know, because like, hey, the next thing I want to do, hey, I want to, hey, you you got an app. I want an app. That's my next thing. <laughs> but yeah, we got to have yeah. some support behind in order to make it happen. Yeah, we could we could definitely talk about that. So that's the way to follow tonight. The playoffs are getting hot. And it's getting interesting. And uh, FloridaHSFootball.com is where it starts. And I got the scoreboard show tonight on NFHSnetwork.com. That actually tonight will be the last night I'll do it at the Buffalo Wild Wings. Next week will be kind of up in the air. Question is what I'll do. I may be going to a game. I you know do things, get a game on the net on the NFHS Network as well because uh, 
it's it's getting down to the nitty gritty, and it's Thanksgiving weekend. So, but I, hey, time I talk to you next week. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And uh, again, as always, appreciate you coming on the show. Can't wait for all the games tonight and to talk about them next week. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Appreciate it, Chad. Have a good one. All right. That's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Getting y'all excited about the high school football playoffs going on in the state of Florida tonight. We've covered it all here on the show today. Um, for all of you out there listening, whether you are actual high school football players or your parents of high school football players, I urge you right now to head over to the App Store and download our recruiting app, Gridiron Studs Recruiting App. Just search Gridiron Studs in the in the App Store. You do the same. We just created an Android version, so you green message people. We love you too. Head on over to Google Play, search Gridiron Studs, and download the Gridiron Studs app. Have your uh, high school football recruit. Um, go in and create a profile right now. Um, I'm going to let this announcement pass. All right. And then, um, yes, definitely get on there, create yourself a profile, and um, start getting recruited right now. College coaches on there, fans on there, have a good time with it. Until next week, though, thank you, folks, for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend.